Being a real estate agent can be demanding. Being a mom, now that's even more challenging. Now being a mom in real estate, now that is hard. Moms in Real Estate. I'm Angela Fazio. I'm your host and today I'm really looking forward to speaking with these two beautiful women about a very hard topic that I think will bless so many people who are going through or have gone through similar circumstances and today is dealing with loss. Um, but before we get started, I do want to thank our sponsors, Diane Gertis and April Chadwick of The Mortgage Advantage. They are huge supporters of ours and great partners um, in lending. So thank you so much to you guys. And let me get started with some introductions. Right over here, this beautiful lady is Kimberly Toko. Yes. And she has been in the business for five years. Yeah, a little over five years. A little years, over yeah. five years mm -hmm. and produces about 15 million and rising. Yes. <laughs> so no small business right there. And then I also have Michelle Shelton right here to my right. She's been in the business for 14 years and does a little over 8 million. Is that right? Yep. yep. So I've got two highly producing, experienced women ready to talk to you about their lives and their experiences. So Kimberly, let's start with you. Bring us through your kids. Tell us a little bit about them. So I'm a mom of four boys. Um, one just lives in heaven. My oldest is 22, kind of working at that grocery station, trying to figure out what it is he wants to do with his life, but he's an amazing lyricist. So fingers crossed, something along those lines would be great. Um, and then my Jason uh, would have been 21. I, I know without question he would have been a pro-something player. He just was um, amazing. Uh, could pitch at 80 miles an hour at 13 years old. So, um, and, then, <laughs> and then bringing up the rear is the twins, uh, Joey and Peter. They are 11 years old and they are, oh my God, they're mini-me's. It's, it's a scary thing. <laughs> we only need one of me. So, no, you have three. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's those are my boys. And so you um, you got into real estate for, I think, a really interesting mm. reason. Yeah. So bring us through that story just a little bit. Well, um, the, the whole story or the... Well, <laughs> Cause it's yeah, I think so. It's kind of related. I think, so, I think it's all important. Yeah. Uh, um, so my husband and I, we'd been through all the, we had the short sale, you know, I had the twins, couldn't go back to work. One of the twins turned out to be autistic. So I, you know, it was therapies every day. And then I had these two older boys and the oldest one, um, the same year found out he was bipolar and had to be hospitalized, um, pay cuts, you know, everybody went through this. So we had moved and anyway, we'd been through all the gambit and, uh, but you know, we're kind of getting back up on our feet and, um, one morning out of the blue, uh, March 22nd, 2011, my gorgeous, beautiful 13-year-old son, Jason, um, got in a little argument over breakfast and he was just off that day and uh, he went upstairs and shot himself and died in my arms. So, um, <clears throat> that, was, that was hard. That was hard. And... Uh, after about two years, I was sitting around looking at my family and how broken we were. And thank God we were still together, but um, I knew I needed to get a house. 
again, put a house under our feet and it was done. I'm just done with the pity party. Enough. You know, stop it. Jason's not here. You have to be the superstar he was supposed to be. <clears throat> Found out in the process of wanting to get a house that I couldn't find a real estate agent that would risk showing me houses because I was trying to get extenuating circumstances. So they just didn't want to say, hey, in the end, you're never going to get it anyway. Just don't go down this road. You need to wait. So I went and got my license. I uh, got licensed the end of March 2013. And by June 1st, um, we had a house again. And that was a pivotal moment for us. The foundation for us to start to really rebuild as family again mm. and start breathing again. Having a new space. And, and, yeah. Mm -hmm. and so I was really attracted and drawn to that feeling because that was one of the first moments that I felt a breakthrough that grief and that there was something that could break it so that's what I dedicated my career to I give back up to 25% sometimes even more of my commission and rebates towards closing costs um, to help uh, families get a home again um, and if they've lost a child I do it for free mm. period and, and uh, have you come across people yes that have been through that situation I have, I have done pro bonos I'm excellent with divorce situations um, uh, spouses passing. Just uh, dealing with trauma yeah, in yeah, general. Yeah, I, I have been through every situation, like I said, but even before we lost Jason, we had all of that. Mm. And then, you know, I, special needs kids, I, I've had it all. So. And, and I want to dive in all of that, but before we go any deeper into Sorry. that, Michelle, <laughs> no, you're doing good. So, Michelle, tell us about your, your children. Um, okay, well, I have Marie, who's the oldest. She's 32. Mm -hmm. She lives in Tempe. And I have Philip, who is my son that passed, that I'll be talking about today um, a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then he would be actually 20. This, it's kind of weird to think how old he would be. Mm -hmm. um, so he was 22 when he passed, so he would be 28. Wow. And then my son Sam is 26. Uh, he's still kind of finding his way, but I'm, I have some stories I'm sure that will come out today about him. He's... He's had a pretty amazing journey in his own right. And then Josephine works for an attorney in Chandler, and she's doing great. She's 24. So I have 22, 24, 26, 28, and then 32. And then Emma's 22. She just graduated from ASU, and she's kind of finding her way as well. Um, she's cum laude, and she was, she's just been... She's one of those kids that kind of did everything right, you know, and, and she's just been an amazing, she's an inspiration actually to me, mm -hmm. just everything that she's been able to do That's and accomplish. So, cool, so yeah. yeah, that is cool. Yeah. It's cool when so, you're inspired by your kids. Yeah. Well, and I've been inspired by all of them in different mm -hmm. ways, sure. but yeah. I mean, she's just really pursued education and, you know, I never did do that. So I'm very proud of her. You know, yeah. it didn't occur to me, we've spoken several times now, how methodical you were with your births. Yeah, well. <laughs> You're consistent. <laughs> I'm very consistent. <laughs> two years. Come on, we've got to plan. Yeah. we got to plan two yeah. years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Too. It was, yeah, about 20 to 24 months apart. It was just like bing, bing, bing. Wow. So, well, that's consistency. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. I'm sure you Get rid of those maternity all. clothes. You know, just knock it out and be done with it. <laughs> Not like some of us who drop their maternity insurance thinking, I'm done, and then, whoo, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was an experience, cash, <laughs> cashing out to everybody, you know, wheeling and dealing your way through a pregnancy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, let's go to, um, let's go to your real estate just a little bit, okay, um, you started 14 years ago, so you've been a long time, why did you get into real estate? 
Um, there was a couple of reasons. Um, one where we were looking, my husband was a landscape contractor. He wanted to park trucks. So he said, I need a, I need property, no HOA. And so I kind of started looking and I was like, well, horse property makes sense. Mm. And so I started driving neighborhoods. I was obsessed really when it, when it, with what it was yep. and, and just looking and looking. And I would, I would call all these different realtors cause I didn't really know how the process works. I was calling off every sign. I had 400 realtors calling me and just could not, they did not see the value. They were like, why do you want all that land? And do you have horses? And you know, they just couldn't get it that there would be somebody that didn't have horses that would want land. And so when I got through the process, I told my husband, I said, I am gonna, you know, cause at that time I was looking at getting my real estate license. I am going to be a horse property specialist. Mm. And so it was kind of funny because and in the are. beginning, I am. <laughs> in the beginning, I, my clients would say, well, what kind of horses do you have? And I'd be like, well, I don't necessarily specialize in horses. I specialize right. in horse property. Yeah. Although I did have horses growing up and you know, I've met some amazing uh, clients along the way that, that do show horses and all just different kinds of equine. I'm gonna go to her actually, because I wanna buy a horse property yeah, next year. And yeah. sometimes you just like, She's probably really good. I'm going to go ahead and get her, even though we're right. agents, right? But they have a specialty. That's, right. that's, yeah. that's a big have. deal. Yeah. It that's is. a huge deal. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I This did not occur to me before, but I'm sitting with two women who had who were felt compelled to be in real estate because they, they saw a bad side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, it's true. Yeah. There is a really bad yeah. side to real estate. But I know plenty of excellent women like these two who raise the bar yeah right yeah. and so that challenge yeah. was challenge was put before you on purpose so yeah. that you would enter it and help us raise the bar yeah. so I commend both of you that's Thank really cool um, so let's get let's get to our topic let's get to our topic because I really want you guys to help some people today and um, we've already heard just a little part of your story mm-hmm. tell us about Philip and what happened um, Philip was well he was 22 he had uh, he had a baby who was 13 months old Ava Rose, mm-hmm. and she, he had been working really hard. He had been a challenge, um, a challenging teenager. He'd gotten into some trouble, and he mostly he was smoking pot, which, you know, I didn't love it. And in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't the worst thing he could have been doing. But he got into trouble for that, so he'd been on task and different things. And we had gotten him through all of that. And I mean, we sent him to military school. We did so many different things to, you know, try to save him. And we were finally at a place where we thought, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's good. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's doing great. He's working and he's not doing drugs. And he's, you know, he's, he's got this baby that he adores. And he was working um, two jobs at the time. He actually had moved in with us about six weeks before he died. Um, him and the baby's mom were kind of having mm-hmm. some challenges. And at the time, I was like, oh, wait, why are you moving back in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then when I look back wow. afterwards. It was almost, it was almost like yeah. was supposed, he was supposed to be It was back great because, yeah. you know, just the wow. relationship was uh, strengthened wow. yeah. with him coming back home. And because initially he left home because we, we said, you make a choice, and oh, he did. I did not know that. Yeah. So, um Anyway, he was past all of that and doing great, working hard. And he came to my husband and said, um, you know, I want to go to San Diego for the weekend. And I'm 22, so they won't rent me a car. And I have an old car. I don't think it'll make it. Will you rent me a car? 
And my husband talked to me and we kind of, I was like, oh, I don't know if it's a good idea. It's Labor Day weekend, you know, and I said, but I trust whatever decision you make. And mm-hmm. so he decided to do that for him. So he rented him a car and Philip was heading to San Diego and he lost control and hit the only tree between here and San Diego. So what it looked like was that morning, because it was Labor Day weekend and he and his brother had moved out and got an apartment three days before that. So with the two girls um, left at home, they, we decided we were gonna paint, clean carpets, we got them new ceiling fans, they got different rooms, we were shuffling the whole house. And so our house was a disaster. There was mattresses and furniture, everything was pulled out into the main living areas. And we had taken a break, we'd been taping off to paint, and my husband mm-hmm. sat down in the living room and he said, Shelly, a cop just pulled up in the, in the front of the house. And I was like, oh, okay, and I was making lunch. And, and then he said, another cop just pulled up. And I said, well, okay, what do you think it is? And he said, wow, another one just pulled up. And so I walked over and I saw him get out of their cars and they would huddle. And then there was one cop who was pacing back and forth, pacing back and forth. And then they'd huddle and then he'd pace and they'd, you know, and I was, I said, what are they doing? We're watching them, you know, from the window. And I said, what the heck are they doing? He goes, I hope Phil didn't get into trouble again because they weren't Gilbert cops, they were DPS. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going out there. And he goes, just hold on. And and then they started walking and, and he got to the door, Paul opened the door and he said, can I help you? And he said, are you Mr. Shelton? And he said, yes. He said, sir, do you have a son named Philip Shelton? And he said, yes. So I knew it was Philip because both sons were in California. And he stepped in and he, I said, what's going on? And he said, ma'am, there was a bad accident on I-8 this morning at 10.41 a.m. And I said, is Philip dead? Mm. And he said, oh, there were no survivors, ma'am. I'm sorry. And I remember like doubling over and holding my stomach and just breathing. Like I just was like, it was real. I always knew he was going to go early, which is kind of weird, but um, it wasn't good. I mean, it, it took me three years to just find my sea legs with it. And, you know, I had friends and family saying, you know, you got to, you got to get over this. You got to, you know, and it was just like, you need to back off because you have no clue. Right. (laughs) So back off. um, And, you know, there was a part of me that knew they were right. Yeah. And there was a part of me that I would just couldn't get my balance with it. You had I, to grieve in your own way. Yeah. yeah. I just had to get through I it. So and it was like, yeah. And you don't, and you don't know it until you, until you join a club you never wanted to join. Mm, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It's just the worst. I can't imagine that anyone who has not experienced that has any good advice to give really, Mm-mm. you know, well, about moving on, about it, it, moving you know on. What? And that's, you know? that's another thing too. It just, just sit there. Just, we just want you to be next to us. Mm-hmm. Just be next to us. So that's a good that's a good point. So talk through some of the ways, or from your perspective, talk through some of the ways you were dealing with that loss and 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 things that helped you along the way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> help help us that way. Want to go first? Or? Um, Tell us about Elaine. <laughs> well, the for many of the listeners out there, Elaine Sensushi. She's a Keller Williams agent. I've known her for years and years ago I worked with her at Keller Williams Southeast Valley and her son Joel passed and um, I remember talking to her saying you know I'm concerned about Philip I'm concerned something might happen to him and you know she was just always had words of wisdom 
And I actually joke around and say, you know, when somebody says, what would Jesus do? I say, no, no, no. What would Elaine do? Because she just has, she's <laughs> yeah, so yeah. grounded and yeah. has this amazing integrity. And <laughs> she's just a solid human being. And she, she was right at my house right away when she found out. And they put my house back together. They painted. They cleaned the car. They did all the stuff we wanted done. Mm-hmm. And then they just, my furniture just went, and it was all put back together. So it was so pretty, cool. pretty cool. But what she, I said, Elaine, I don't think I can do this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you, you can do this. And I said, I, I'm not strong like you, Elaine. I can't, I don't. I don't think I know how to do this. Like, I don't think I can do it. I was getting like, I don't think I could do this. Like, you know, give me a bag to blow in because it was just like, the hysteria was like right under the surface. And she said, Michelle, you only have one job. And it may be for the first year or it may be longer. But I want you to just, whenever you feel that way, just breathe in and breathe out. And I clung to that. There was times when it was like, I'm going to lose the it. The words come back to you. Yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, okay, I can do it, I can do it. Just in this moment. It's that, it's almost like what an alcoholic would say, you know, um, one, day one day at a time. It was like one moment at mm-hmm. a time. One second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How about you? So I, I describe it as um, the person I was also died that day. Mm-hmm. And... Because every time you open your eyes, um, you, you feel like you're in a coffin. You are so trapped under the weight of it. And somehow, um, you know, for me, it was surrounding my son um, or myself with my son's best friends and just being around my children. And I would go to the best friend's house and we'd all be together with my um, my oldest boy was only 12 months apart from Jason, so they were in the same grade, had the same friends. And that's what I did every day because I had to find something to start picking at that coffin lid to get through back up to the soil. And it took a long time. I just can't imagine, Kimberly, because you had to watch it. I, yeah. You had, to, <clears throat> you had to watch that. And that, he died for in me, my arms, literally that, while I was working on it. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't even know how uh, somebody survives that. Um, I have an amazing husband. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Thank God. Amazing man. That all he did was watch me. And just help me. And let me be crazy. And always can rely on that man. And, um, and I still have these three bright lights mm-hmm. with three other children that um, damn it they better be proud of their mom too <laughs> so it's like it, yeah I just had, it, it was enough pity party you know uh, it was it was time to get that yeah <laughs> so I yeah that's that was how it was for me well what I've observed in both of your stories as we've spoken the few times that we've spoken is you were able to, or you caused yourself to, or you had the mm-hmm. grace of God to take all of this ugliness and loss and not that it turned into bright light. I'm no. not saying that, but you, you took what could be a path of, mm. of destruction. Yep. And both of you have, have just gone down paths of, of blessing mm-hmm. and regrowth and regeneration. And so I, I don't know if we've spoken enough about this part of it, but I also want to talk about what you guys have done with it, like what you've done with the, oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, what yeah. you've done with your grief and what you've done with the things that you've been through that you know have blessed other people. Yeah. 
one of the, the, the first things, too, was um, I noticed immediately where, um, you know, I've, I have lost a child. And, and people's initial reaction, of course, is, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second they hear suicide. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They go, just like that. Not everybody. But immediately, oh. So oh, what that. did you do to your child oh, that made them do that? You know, those are the types. Seriously, I've had that question asked to me. You know, Somebody was bold enough to ask you that direct question. Tell me what really happened. <clears throat> yeah. You know, or what were you doing? What was really going yeah, on? Yeah, what was really going on in that house? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you find out very quickly who your true friends are. But that, I realized, was part of the problem, the stigma around the word suicide. Whenever you hear a celebrity and, you know, everybody is, feels it, it's, they're mourning the loss, but it's a hush mourn. Oh, but it was suicide. Shh, shh, shh. Mm. And that's part of the reason why it's, in my opinion, increasing. Because it is not safe. A young kid doesn't feel safe even saying, oh, by the way, I feel like I don't want to live anymore. Because immediately, oh my God, get them in the hospital. They're insane. Or, you know, it's, it's, put back so yeah. uh, my movement is to speak out against the stigma of suicide and I've started to do that yeah you're right though you're right I think that people think differently of suicide mm-hmm. I know that there are people out there that think that you go straight to hell mm-hmm. if you commit suicide yep. which is not biblically true by, by the way I was told that by two people that my son will not see Jesus that is that is not biblically true that. yeah um, I can I can imagine that you're right that people are a lot more quiet about it. Mm-hmm. I think I shared with you that before I knew Christ, long time ago, I was in a I was in a bad place, and I literally remember driving down the road saying, "Life would be probably a lot easier if I just drove myself into that pole." Mm-hmm. Now I don't think I could bring myself to do that, right? But I thought it. Yep. I thought it on yep. more than one occasion, and yep. I know that if I think if we're really honest, a lot of people think that. Yeah, oh, and they don't want to say I that. Ninety percent, because they just think 90%. it's pure weakness instead of I don't know maybe something human. Yeah, no, <laughs> life is tough, man. Yeah, life is not fair and never will be fair. Mm-mm. It was never promised to be fair. So we we have to you know develop the tools and mental and it, whether it's you want to call it mental illness or just too much for some person to handle, they don't feel safe even talking about it. I know you've that. said that your mission is I want to make. I want to make this topic comfortable enough to yes. talk about for an invitation so that people feel like, yeah, they can have this conversation. Yeah. It's okay if you have that thought. Let's do something about yeah. it. Let's talk yeah. about it. Why? Right? What can we do to relieve that stress? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes um, when you're in a dark place, yeah. you can't see the way out, but somebody else can help you. Yeah, and it yeah. makes, I know when with Phil, it was that three-year mark for me. I was like, I don't, I don't want to live. Yeah. Mm. Like the burden was so oh, heavy yeah. and the pain and oh, the stress yeah. of it. And there was, you know, all these moving parts because I had all my kids grieving and then we got sued. And I mean, there was like all this stuff because it was a rental car. My husband rented the car, so they sued us. And so and there I was drank, like I drank all this stuff. A little bit oh, I drank, yeah. I drank copious amounts of wine. Yeah, exactly. And, and I did not want to live because mm. it was just like I was, I was taking, you know, the, the path, the, the path I was going down was not good. Yeah. Would you take? Would you tell that story? Yes, I love that um, mental picture. We I went to we went to Hawaii a short time after Phil died, 
and just kind of a, a you know to get away and just kind of we were always trying to recharge our battery because our batteries are running at a very low level mm -hmm. and we went there and and my husband said well if we go to this timeshare thing and i'm like oh okay so we go to this timeshare thing and I was really upfront with the lady. I said, we're not buying anything. Like my son died. And I would just mm -hmm. be like blurted out just because I just wanted people to go away from me. Yeah. And they yeah. would. It was a it was, it was a defense mechanism yeah. because they would just be like, oh, the grievy brother. Like, oh, what do you think of that? Yeah. You know? Now and, I had suicide to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy and, what they do. Yeah, yeah. It is. And anyway, they said, um, she said, you know what, my, I lost a baby years ago. She goes, forget mm -hmm. the timeshare thing, like, let's just talk. And so we did. And she oh, told so me cool. that she was driving, she had a toddler, and it was her and her husband, a toddler, and she had a, a six-week-old baby, and they got into a car accident, mm. and the baby died. Oh. And she was in a coma. And they did like a medically induced coma. The lady telling you the story was in a coma. A mom. Mm -hmm. wow. And when she woke up, she was oh. very angry because they had had a funeral and everything without her and buried the baby and she never got to hold the baby or say goodbye or imagine? anything. Oh. And she said, you know, there was an elderly woman that came to my bedside and she was a volunteer at the hospital. And she said, she said something that was really profound to me and I want to share it with you. And she said, you know, at, like if you look at each finger as a path, at the beginning of those paths, your baby is dead. And she said, you can choose which path you go down. You could go and destroy all your relationships. You can isolate yourself and you know, destroy your marriage. Mm -hmm. You can go on drugs. You can go on alcohol. Or you can choose a path and create an amazing, happy, healthy life. Nice. And she said, at the beginning of all those paths, your son, your baby is still dead. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a choice. It, yes. This is a choice, right? That you is know, one of the best examples. It is a great example. I can I going back that? to that. Yeah. I'll feel it. Credit, I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, just, that's like, just like the, yeah. For me, that was a very impactful because I always knew. It was only about three months after he died. She told me that, but I would go back to it. I would, I would be like, I want to kill myself. I want to die. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be like, but I have this other path I could do. Yeah. I That's just have so to true. muster up the strength and yeah. and shift a few things yep. to, to so, do it. So you just said something, I think, important for people to hear. You heard this. Like, we're all listening to the story. It's like, what an amazing illustration. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course you're going to you know, um, choose this great life. Yeah. 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 But then you have to remember, you heard that three months in, and it still took you three years, and oh, that's yes. okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. okay. And yeah, I think yeah. people need to know that, because I know my type of personality, I would feel so weak, and weak is not an emotion I'm uh, accustomed to, yeah. right? I'm not accustomed to feeling weak. And so I can imagine feeling so weak, and now I'm not pretending I know I know what you guys felt, but I imagine feeling so weak and just wanting to get out of that spot, wanting well, to get out of that spot. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, uh, and I guess I should repeat also that just because we're doing amazing and very successful. Um, <laughs> which you are. We, we are, or at least I am, I'm still very broken. Um, so I still have moments where I just need to sit in my car and listen to music, mm -hmm. right? Um, moments where I'm, I cry. You know, we, I am still broken, but I have found my light again. That's, and I found it in... You don't the stay there is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Is that what I, you're saying? Yeah, I, I don't, eh, no, I mean, it's always there. It's just, 
I can now channel most of that into this fuel that's trying to make a better life for people and and the stigma and all of that. So it's just, I, I found a purpose for it, mm. a place to put it. I think the other thing that you guys really did a good job of sharing with me was, of course, you had this process that you went through, mm-hmm. but you also had all of these people around you grieving yeah. in their own way. Yeah. I know, Michelle, you told me a story about your son um, who just had mm. a really hard time. And I think that would be great for people to hear as well because that's happening. If you're dealing with loss, that's happening around you too, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, do you, yeah. Yeah, so Sam and Phil were 20 months apart. And Sam, the you know, the very one of the last memories I have of Phil is we have this area in our house where there's a step down and Phil and I were standing and I had my arms on his shoulders and he had and we were talking and they were moving out so it was just a few days before they died and before he died and Sam pushed past us and he said don't worry mom I'll get him and make him come and hug you he was mad because I told him he needed to move out he needed to do it get a job and mm-hmm. and that he couldn't hang out forever and so they did they moved out and you know when phil died he got up at the funeral and he said you know i didn't have to get to know phil because everybody was saying i got to know phil with this and you know he said i always knew phil and so for him that death was like part of his arm Mm -hmm. was cut off and so he struggled he struggled he came back and he said i want to come back home and i said you can't because I knew he would crumble. Mm. I said, you have to go out and you have to perform and you have to grow and thrive. And you know, and so he really struggled. He actually started taking painkillers. So we went through that whole thing. Um, he went through, we did put him in rehab when we found out. And he was there for about a week and left. And I, I thought, we're gonna lose this kid too. Mm. I thought he, would, he was gonna die or kill himself. And I was very concerned about him. He called me in the middle of the night one night. It was three in the morning. And he was like, I'm sorry, mom, I'm sorry. I'm bleeding. Mm. Oh, I'm bleeding. And I was like, Your oh. heart was I was like, what are you doing? Where are you? Where are you? Just talk to me. You know, I was trying to talk and by I was already in the car by the time he said I'm bleeding, driving to Tempe from Gilbert. And he's like, I'm sorry, mom, and he hung up on me. Mm. So my heart is pounding out of my chest. I called the cops. I'm racing to Tempe. (laughs) And he had drank like, I don't know, half a bottle of whiskey. He'd gone out with his friends and done okay. And then he got back and he He started, he was alone. Mm -hmm. And he started thinking about it and he got sad. Mm. And it was hard to really see him so broken down. And he cut his arm um, several times and so we admitted him to St. Jude's, and I certainly don't want to make light of, no, no, no. of, yeah. of suicide because I felt like with him it was very... Yeah, that was, that's it was situational, that is you know? Yeah. And it was... Because even in the rehab, like, we didn't have the typical drug addict stuff. It was so situational. He started medicating himself, like yeah. what I was doing with wine. Yeah, yeah. He was doing it with pain. Yeah, you killers. needed to call on that one for sure. And um, anyway, I put him in the developmental health place. I don't even mm-hmm. know what it's called, the hospital. I said, okay. admit him. I was just mad oh, at him. Behavioral health. Behavioral health. I said, yeah. put him in there. And and so they did. And when he came sobered up the next day, he called me and said, I want to come home. And I'm like, no, you're doing crazy stuff. Just stay there. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. stay there. I was mad at it's him. 72-hour hold, isn't it? 
Well, he, like he ended up being on longer than that because I he can't. They well, kept calling. unless they unless they determine longer, but they yeah. have to at least have him. For yeah, they were calling yeah. me like the the lady was coming like can can he please come home now? <laughs> <laughs> no, he has to stay there because I was just mad at him, yeah. you know. And anyway, we have done a ton of personal growth as a family. We've been involved with PSI for, I don't know, 15 years, and we've done Omega Vector and all these different programs, and he's done all those programs. So he has a toolbox full of mental tools. And he said his turning point was that he, he thought, well, I'm gonna journal, because that's one of the things that we learned. That's one of the tools. So he went up and he said, this big burly guy sitting at the desk, and he goes, can I get a piece of paper? And the guy just looks at him, puts a piece of paper up there, and he goes, okay, a pen? He goes, nope. He goes, pencil? Nope. He goes, well, <laughs> I want to do some journaling. He goes, so he reaches down, he puts up a green crayon, you know? And he's like, so I'm journaling about my life in my slippers with a green crayon. And he's like, I got to do something different. So, you know, that's been, I want to say, three plus years ago. And he walked out of there. He quit smoking. He quit all drugs. He started, he changed his diet. He's completely vegan now, and he has been since that moment. He dropped 25 pounds cool. just from that. Um, he goes to the gym, now he's doing boxing. He has a baby, he is so dedicated. He's a dedicated father. And you know, when I talked to him about Phil, I called him one night in the middle of the night because he's like my inspiration. He's my kind of go-to when it gets really hard. And I said, how did you switch? And he said, Mom, I had my time with Phil. You had your time with Phil. And we do a lot of work about being in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And just like when we're, yeah. like right now, I'm here with you ladies. I'm in this moment. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about something in the past or something in the future. And I mean, he's taught me a lot. That's interesting. Yeah. You know what just occurred to me when she says that? And this is the message we've got to get to people who are hurting. Mm -hmm. There will come the day after that last day. Yes, yeah. like always. He, he was journaling with a crayon and pink slippers or whatever yeah. he was doing, and yeah. then came the next day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the hope to look forward to, because the day before, you couldn't have guessed that the next day would be bright. I didn't know where he would go. And today, I mean, my friend Crystal, her, her son died early, you know, early this morning in a car accident. He's 20 years old, and my heart goes out to her, because I know... My husband, you know, we have this stretch of the road. We have just, this thing that we yeah. say. It's like, oh, they're on day one, and yeah. your heart just like because you can uh, you, you really do re I I relive especially that first week and his send off. I I remember almost every detail. <coughs> you must be triggered. You know, you get triggered, and then all of a sudden you you do build up a, a way to to hold it back. Can't always, <laughs> but um, you do get what's the word comfortable knowing that you can keep yourself from breaking down mm. so because you are trying to deliver a message too right and if you're trying to be stoic for you know the fellow parent that is going through it then you want to show them that they will be able to be like this oh what the empathy that you that that the lord has allowed you to have i'm not saying you would choose it right. but just how much real and true empathy you can't get the it's not like can't you can take you can't yeah. tell somebody the way out yeah but that's not what you were looking for either. You both told me the people who just were with me, yeah. the people who just asked me about my, my child, the people who just sat with me and breathed yeah. with me, those were the people that I was most supported by, mm -hmm. not the people who had the magic pill to get out right. necessarily. Right. 
Well, and there's grace, I think, because I've learned that people, you know, I had a neighbor who said, you know, I know how just how you feel, like I lost my dog, and I was like, wait, you yeah. know, at first I was oh, like, God. wait, are you carrying, comparing my kid no, to your I, dog? Like, I'm wait. a fur baby lover, too. Don't, don't <laughs> yeah, exactly. get me wrong, I sleep with my dogs, but it is different. <laughs> people don't <laughs> know well, what to say. But the thing is, is like offering grace to people because they don't know what to yeah. say and they're they're trying to make a connection with me. Somehow, yeah. And so I have to look at it like, you know, they want a connection with me. I, I can give them grace. I can do that because that's the only grief he knows. Mm, he that, hasn't lost yes. anyone else close to him. Yeah, that's yeah. what he knows. And so... I'm just grateful Still, that people want to connect. <laughs> they care enough that they're trying it, to, of to yeah, find no, something. It is, of course, it's different. Yeah. And no, it's, they, they, they are. No, absolutely. Um, better I, than people who are accusatory with statements, you know, like what really went on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah I um, agree that grace is better than. Yeah, yeah much, much better. Totally. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just something that I can give yeah. because I can look at them and go, they're, they're wanting to connect. And I can appreciate that. Yeah, that I mean, definitely is better. Than I've just... had people. I had a gal send me a text message and said, "If I lost my son, I'd kill myself." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, that's not so encouraging. You know, I'm like, <laughs> and I get it. Yeah. You know, like she she definitely got it, and that's not really the the message I probably should have heard in that moment right. either. Because right, you know. Yeah. So, so what? So let's. We're, and we could probably talk for 17 hours because so many people need your wisdom and yeah. your empathy yeah but what would you say to two groups of people each of you the people who are dealing with this deep loss mm-hmm. and the people who are trying to comfort mm-hmm. people who are dealing with deep loss um i i would say the, the ones trying to comfort on honestly um we we will need help with a lot of things um, little household things household help. That's amazing to come in and make sure we're eating and washing some dishes and I mean uh, is it good to ask like what do you need no, or no, just do I, it? I mean just if you're close enough to that person just go over there and do it right um, and and help you know help organize whatever you, you think needs to in the in those first weeks and and yeah if you've been through it or, or you know maybe don't grasp so much at, at trying to find a similarity but if you truly have been through a similar situation maybe say a couple of words but if not we just just have you there and then when we're ready to talk to you we'll talk to you you know that that's what i would say about support i think um for me when you know, the friends that just did come over, like Elaine, um, Mitzi Cordes was great. I mean, a lot of my real estate friends, Monique Mooney, Sunny Taylor. I mean, she cleaned my bathroom like it had never been cleaned. <laughs> so I don't even, I like called her and said, how'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, I just had some amazing friends that came over and just held me. Yeah. And it was more for me because I'm, I've always been the strong one for everyone else. And for me to actually reach out and say I need support was really challenging. Mm-hmm. So that was something I learned. Um, when people were asking me, "What do you need? What do you need?" It was it it, it wasn't easy because it was like another thing I had to I do, had to and I was just like, oh, I, I, yeah. don't and we don't really know. We don't "I don't care. care. I don't care. care. Yeah. And so I, I don't recommend asking, "What do you need?" Right. or "Call me if you need something." That it's like yeah, I'm not going to do that. that phone call. Yeah. yeah. Look around, find something, uh, and yeah. do it. Yeah. 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 I think just being with the person, 
you know, being with them, yeah. and and yeah. you'll see what they need, or you can, you know. And they'll tell you they don't need something. Too. Oh, and um, I would like, say, no, we 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 would say as a grieving parent, we'll look and be like, don't do that. I'll get to it later. Just do it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because we're not gonna. I was like, just do whatever you want. Yeah. I don't even. I don't care. Wow. Well, I want to. I do want to say that if there is anyone listening who thinks about suicide, mm-hmm. I would. I would pray that you would call Kimberly. Yeah. She has resources. Yep. Have have you might not feel it, but know that there's the day after the yeah. dark day, yeah. and you can have that day too. Um, I am blown away by you guys. I want to thank you for your vulnerability for telling your stories and sharing Uh, my heart goes out to you Um, and I know that there are people out there that have just been so glad to hear your words so thank you very much Um, again I want to thank the Mortgage Advantage for sponsoring this well needed topic on our show today and um, uh, I'm at a loss That, that was really touching for me it was really touching for me. Thank you. Um, I hope to know people like you if that ever happens, God forbid, well, in my you life. you know me. You can call yeah. me. There we go. <laughs> me too. So if you have enjoyed the show, and I know this is the first thing on your mind, but you want a Moms in Real Estate shirt, <laughs> because that's the I'm appropriate sorry. thing to say I, at the end of the show. Right. Well, you can get that at shop shopinmomsinrealestate.com. You can, ca- you can catch our um, podcast on iTunes. Please share it with other women in real estate who need to hear these things. And, um, and of course, you can see us on Facebook. So yeah. this is important stuff. Tell the women around you. Have a wonderful day.